it's very likely that you could receive more than a million dollars over the course of your lifetime from Social Security and benefits. So it's underrated sometimes, I think, but it, it definitely shouldn't be. When it comes to financial planning, you need to cut through the jargon so that you can understand how to achieve your own retirement success. This is Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz of Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions. Hello and welcome in to Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz of Kravitz Financial in Irvine, California. Ryan, i got a little bit different format today for the podcast. We've gone through some of the core financial planning topics uh, to lead things off, but I thought today we'd go through some some questions, um, some questions that you've been asked maybe recently in some meetings and just some different scenarios, some some things that come up that, that I think not only would, would be helpful to anybody listening, but hopefully you know maybe this will kind of provide some answers when somebody else maybe comes into a similar scenario down the road as well. So I think it'll be fun to kind of go mailbag today. I think so too. I think this will be really helpful. All right, so we're going to jump into this again. I'll remind you, KravitzFinancial.com is the website, and uh, you can jot down this number as well if you want to call Ryan. With any questions you might have, if you want to sit down and, and address something specifically within your plan or your uh, financial situation, you can do so at 714-462-9155. So let's lead off with this one. Um, I have an annuity, and this, I'm going to kind of present you the question, Ryan, and, and you can tell us uh, how you answered or how you would answer in these scenarios. So I'll start off with this one. Uh, I have an annuity that I bought nine years ago. It's going to mature in a year, right around the time my wife is scheduled to retire. I'll have the option of turning it into a lifetime income or moving it into a different investment altogether. Which one should I do? Well, you said right there he has the option of turning it into a lifetime income. So the the first thing that's making me think, is this a is this an income rider? So you know, there's two different ways to get lifetime income from an annuity. There's, you know, the one option is you're just annuitizing the annuity. And that's typically where you're going to give up access to the lump sum of money to the insurance company. In exchange, they're going to pay you, depending on the option you selected, a, a guaranteed payoff for life, a guaranteed payoff for as long as you and your spouse live. And uh, there's other types of options within there as well. But if this is a guaranteed income uh, rider that's attached to this annuity, then we really want to take a look at the uh, current values. In other words, in these types of annuities, you're going to have the account value, and then you're also going to have a separate value, which is specifically a value that's used to determine the income. And then there's a certain percentage that you would be able to take from that. So I'm not sure if this is referring to just going ahead and annuitizing or if it's assuming we're talking about a lifetime income rider. But I would say certainly before making any change, it's critical to understand how that uh, annuity works and if there's any riders that are attached to that, again, such as that lifetime income rider. And then based on that, the question then is what what is that purpose of that money? You know, when are you going to use this money for uh, income? And that's going to be the primary question that's going to help drive the answer to figure out, you know, really what's the best thing that you should do. Yeah, so a lot to think through there um, with the annuity there. A great question uh, to be asked, and I'm sure those options come up with for other people as well. So again, with all these, you know, you always want to sit down with with Ryan or your advisor to go through them in, in detail and to really answer the questions uh, beyond what you've presented here in these. But I think it's a great starting point. 
there for sure. All right, um, next one here. Uh, my husband is 13 years older than me, and he's retiring next year. The only life insurance he has is provided by his job, so he'll have none when he retires. Should I take out a policy on him since I'll probably outlive him by several years? All right, so for this one, I just have to give the standard answer here, and that is that it depends. And the reason that I say that is it very much depends upon your financial situation. The question that you want to ask yourself, and it's not something that any of us like to think about, but if your spouse were to pass away tonight, you know, if the worst were to happen, what would your situation be like tomorrow? What would your financial situation be like? And if it would not be impacted, if you would be just fine financially, you may not need life insurance at all. However, if you think that um, it, it would have a big effect on your retirement plan and your financial situation, then you should definitely consider uh, looking into getting some life insurance. All right. Great question there as well. Um, life insurance, I know, comes up quite a bit. So something, uh, an interesting scenario there, but uh, again, one that will require a little more info. So the, the customary, it depends, is always a great way to answer these questions for sure, because it always does, and, and every situation is a little bit different. All right, uh, next one here. I'm retiring soon, and I asked my financial advisor when I should think about starting my Social Security. He seemed completely befuddled that I even asked him the question and didn't seem to have any insight at all. What am I missing here? Shouldn't that be a basic part of retirement planning? Well, that's a great question. So I think that there's a couple of things at play. I mean, the first thing is to understand that not all financial advisors are the same. Not all financial advisors specialize in the same areas. So, it's you know, it's kind of like a doctor. I mean, you're going to have, you know, doctors that are going to specialize in certain areas. Um, same with attorneys. And, and really, financial advisors are are similar in, in the sense that, like for me, my, my area of specialty and, and really what I... Uh, focus on is is helping people that are either already retired or planning to typically within the next five to ten years, and you know to to make sure that their uh, retirement plan is intact, that they have the income that they need all throughout their retirement years, and so I believe if you're helping people in that area, that you you absolutely do need to understand social security and and how to maximize all the benefits that somebody may be entitled to, whether that's spousal benefits, survivor benefits, divorce benefits, um, any of that. And I, I think that what comes up here is, you know, some advisors are, for instance, focused on the, you know, people that are in the accumulation stage of life. You know, maybe they, um, you know, are real good at helping people, you know, with their, you know, budgeting uh, helping kids, you know, get through college and, you know, saving and investing and saving in accounts there. And, you know, with um, helping to set up, you know, the 401k plans, there's certain advisors who just focus on, you know, that area, that's really their expertise. There's a lot of advisors that are focused on that accumulation stage of life, but aren't so much focused on the income phase or the decumulation stage. So it's just, a, it's a different area of expertise. And, you know, the other thing that I'll say that uh, that I definitely do believe, you know, I've been in this industry for many years is I, I, I believe that there's a lot of advisors that just aren't 
very interested in knowing all the nuances of social security because I believe that there's a lot of advisors that get into this industry because they like in investing. They like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and all that sort of thing. And But when it comes to really understanding different government benefits and things like that, uh, it may not be their, you know, what they really enjoy learning the most and really focusing on. I don't know. That's just kind of my, my speculation. But I definitely believe if you're retired or planning to soon social security is uh is is critical and you know, a lot of people just kind of look at it as an afterthought but mm -hmm. if you're a higher income earning couple or or um even if only you know if you're married and even if only one of you were a higher income individual over the course of your working years it's it's very likely that you could receive more than a million dollars over the course of your lifetime from social security and benefits. So it, it's, it's underrated sometimes, I think, yeah. but it, it definitely shouldn't be. Yeah, significant money and, uh, and a big part of the income, so you don't want to overlook that. Um, here's one that probably comes up quite a bit for you, Ryan. What's, uh, what's better, term life insurance, universal life, or whole life? All right, I'm going to use my favorite answer here. <laughs> <laughs> I should just play this clip every t before every, every answer. Yeah, can we just record, you know, the word or the, the two words, I guess. It depends. Right. And then uh, you know, I could I could save some some words there. So yeah. but it's it's so true. It it completely depends because again, it depends on somebody's you know, uh, family situation. So let me give a uh, an example here. So let's say, all right, so what's better, term life, universal life or whole life? So kind of break this down. When it comes to life insurance, to look at it real simply, there's really only two basic types, right? There's term life and then there's permanent life insurance. And within permanent life insurance, there's different types. There's universal life, there's whole life, there's index universal life, right? So there's different nuances within there. But the key thing that you always want to think about when you're thinking about life insurance is number one, how much do you need, God forbid, if you were to pass away tonight, if the worst happened now, how much do you need? And secondly, how long do you need it? And some people, you know, kind of, you know, don't know how to think about that. Like, how long do I need it? Well, I, I, I need it till I die. And, and that may or may not be the case. You know, you may only need the coverage for a particular uh, period of time. And then after that period of time, even if you were to pass away, if you're dependents are going to be okay financially, you may not have a need for life insurance. So it, it really depends on the purpose. And that's kind of a reason that people will buy life insurance for the income protection aspect. Um, I will say that in retirement, a lot of times people don't think they need life insurance. But a lot of times I find that they do, because different things come up, such as you know, if we talk about Social Security again, if you're married, when one of you passes away, you lose a Social Security check. And if that, you know, that income will affect you financially, that income stream that was lost, if it will affect you financially, that might be a reason to own life insurance as an example. And I'll give you one more. And this is, those are kind of some reasons why you might want term. Some of the reasons why you might want permanent insurance is, let's say that you want to pass some money along to the next generation. Uh, maybe it's kids, grandkids, maybe it's to a charity or something like that when you ultimately pass away. Well, you don't want to keep 
paying money into a policy that's ultimately going to lapse because term life only lasts for a certain period of time. Um, if your intention is to make sure that you're just able to pass money along to, you know, kids, grandkids, charity, whatever it is. So again, I'm going to say it again. It depends case by case basis. All right. So one more, I wanted to, to ask you here, uh, before we close out this episode of the podcast, Ryan is, is, is this one here. I really want to protect my retirement money, but I'm not a big risk taker at all. So I feel like I should be getting a, a better return than the stable value fund in my 401k that it provides. So should I loosen up and be a little more aggressive? Well, this is definitely a tough one to answer because it, it, there's a lot of variables at play here, a lot of factors that we don't know. In other words, you know, how old are you? You know, what other assets do you have? How much is inside of that 401k? Uh, when do you plan on using this money? When are you planning to retire? Right? Are you married? Right? W- w- what's the whole extent of that situation? Now, ha- having said all that, for the most part, a stable value fund, I mean, you're going to earn very, very little uh, interest in. And, you know, key thing, I think, for everyone to be aware of is, you know, there's, there's several different risks in retirement or in, in the overall investing in a retirement planning process. Most everyone is familiar with market risk, you know, the, the risk of losing large sums of money in the stock market and wanting to be very you know, conservative and wanting to be much more safe with their money so that they don't lose substantial amount, amounts of money. But the other thing that we need to consider here is that, you know, there's other risks again. For instance, inflation risk is another one. For several years, their inflation really wasn't that high, but certainly in 2022, we, we've seen inflation uh, increase quite a bit, and it, it's a reminder that that's a very real risk because if our money's not keeping up with inflation, then over time, we're losing purchasing power. So we need to think about all the different risks that are out there, and, and with a, a stable value fund, it's going to earn very little uh, interest over time. And if it's not keeping up with inflation, again, you're actually losing purchasing power. So, but again, we come back to, are you planning to retire next month or are you planning to retire, you know, in 10 years or something like that? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors that go into that, that answer for sure on, on when to become more aggressive and, and how to treat your investment. So um, again, if you have that kind of question, you want to sit down with your advisor, again, with all these situations, no matter what it is. You can always lean on an advisor to help you out. Ryan Kravitz can do that at Kravitz Financial. You can also uh, get your retirement-ready checkup to kind of see where you stand in general uh, as well. Just go to KravitzFinancial.com. You can start there. Or if you plan to call Ryan's office, you can do so at 714-462-9155. So a lot of good questions. And again, if you have one for us, we'd love to hear from you. Send it in at KravitzFinancial.com. Or you can just call Ryan directly. Ryan, as always, it's uh, great to catch up with you. And we'll do it again soon. You as well. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions and BCM are independent of each other.